You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Thank you so much for tuning in to Mama's Talking Loud. Jess and I love bringing these stories to you, amplifying the journey of the working artist mom, supporting the struggle, and striving to change the social safety net. But we need your help. If you haven't already, we would so appreciate if you would follow, rate, and review us wherever you listen to your podcast. This is the way we can continue to raise awareness and change the narrative. And if you want more insight into our world, please follow us on Instagram at Mama's Talking Loud, on Twitter at Mama's Talking Pod, and on our website, www.mamastalkingloud.com. Trigger warning. This episode contains sensitive discussions of death and loss. Please listen with care. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Mama's Talking Loud. I'm Jessica Rush. And I'm Kara Cooper. This week's guest is a Tony Award winner for her portrayal of Lady Tiang in The King and I. Currently, she can be heard as the voice of mother in the stunning animated film Over the Moon, and she plays Sherry Kansky on the hit show All Rise. As a member of the AAPI community, she shares her experiences with hate and racism, both in the theater and in the world at large. She has endured unspeakable loss, and her grace and perseverance through it all is truly remarkable. Here is our conversation with Ruthie Ann Miles. to have you join us today. Thank you so much. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. I love Broadway Baby Mamas and I love Mamas Talking Loud. So this is like <gasps> perfect. Oh, it's amazing. a bit like therapy too, isn't it? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It always is. Particularly in this being, time. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That we can connect and it ends up being therapy for me, I think sometimes more than even the guests. Do you know what I mean? I feel like we have a catharsis too. It's mm-hmm. really amazing. We're so incredible incredibly happy that you are here today. Oh, thank you. Um, and the first thing we always lead with on all of our episodes is to ask our guests about their children because mm. it's not something we talk about in our industry a lot. So can you tell us about your children? Yeah, I would love to. Um, <clears throat> my, our daughter, Hope, is our third daughter. Uh, she is 11 months old. She's almost one. Um, <laughs> she is such, well, and then I'll go, I'll go backwards. So we had, uh, two daughters, Abigail and Sophia, who we lost in 2018 to a pedestrian car crash. And, um, it was a tremendously difficult time that, um, I, I can, honestly, wholeheartedly say I would not have gotten through if it wasn't for support from my families, my communities, and Broadway Baby Mamas is one of them. Just people who reached out to me, who gave me time, who let me wail in silence. I mean, it just, all in all, it was a it, an incredibly supported time. Um, and the theater makers that that also said, you know what, you got to get out of Brooklyn. You got to get out of here. You got to do something that, that takes your mind away. Uh, so I was very lucky enough to go to London to, uh, to, to continue the King and I over there and also in, 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 uh, Tokyo, but 
uh, yeah, so the healing is still happening and, um, with, um, with some, with some, um, no, I won't say difficulty, but, but hope came, but hope came and, uh, and she, her personality, she is a, uh, she is like a lighthouse. She's just a beacon of light. And, you know, sometimes it feels like I'm being tossed around or it's really lonely on an ocean. And there she is. And she reminds me, she reminds me where home is. Um, and that's her personality. She's, she's so different from Abby. She's, uh, from day one, she was different. And, uh, and she continues to show us her personality, which is so sweet. She's a sweet baby. She's, she's an old soul. She observes, she lets me cry on her shoulder, which is, um, funny to say for a, a tiny little thing. Uh, but she lets me cry on her shoulder. And then what, right when I'm done, she looks at me like, going to feed me now. really she's she's funny she's very funny that's amazing I mean you said you know she's an old soul Mm -hmm. and I know um just from judging from things that you have posted throughout your process Mm -hmm. and um what um how spiritual you are Mm -hmm. and you, you come across to be um and I just feel like I mean, I, I'm sure you would think this, but I, I've thought from the beginning when we saw your post that you were expecting her and that she arrived, um, you know, word had like gotten around on Broadway Baby Mamas from your friends, uh, your close friends who knew you were expecting. And that was amazing to hear. Mm-hmm. And um, and then once she arrived, the name Hope was just so perfect. Yeah. And I, I'm sure you also feel that like she was sent for you to continue this process. Uh, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I am, um, I do, I'm religious. I, I, I hold faith, um, in my spirit. And, um, it was in 2018 when we were in London, I was praying and I was having a really terrible, terrible time, um, with God. And, uh, and he just, he said to me, you're going to have a daughter and you're going to name her hope. And she is going to be your hope. And your hope is going to be in Jesus. So don't worry about it. So I, I had a miscarriage after that. And, uh, and I was like, God, hey. <laughs> and, uh, but, but it was after that, that, um, that I was, my soul was just like, that wasn't hope. He promised you hope and you're going to have hope. So don't worry about it. And so that was kind of the, the, that was my, that was my lifeline. And then when we were pregnant again and uh, she said, it's a little girl. I was like, well, no, duh. Her name is Hope. You told me that already. (laughs) Oh, that's just, that's amazing. It made me cry. We're like three minutes in and I'm crying. Big shocker. But that just is such a beautiful story of, um, of hope, of perseverance, of faith. And, um, and uh, we're just, she's, I, it's amazing. You sent, you know, we, we've seen some pictures of her and I, I haven't seen any recently, but boy, she's precious. She was she precious. So she is. she's not allowed on social media for, mm-hmm. for personal, but I think obvious reasons. Yes. A lot of yes. our family yeah. photos just went far and wide and I was like, ah, mm-hmm. there's no control once right. it goes out. Uh, but we do share it personally all the time. And yeah. I can say for the audience, she's pretty cute. She's yeah. I can't imagine she's not. (laughs) I mean, hello. Um, Well, that sort of takes us. You know, there was something. Ruthie and I reconnected during um, the pandemic recently, last year. um, That a mutual friend of ours had ordered some of my Breathe Mama stacks. Yeah, Jesse Mueller, Mm -hmm. and she she didn't tell me who she was sending them to. She ordered like five stacks. And then I just sent them to her and then I started finding out who they went to. Mm-hmm. And one of the stacks went to you mm-hmm. and you um, ordered then you turned around and ordered some for your own friends, mm-hmm. which was amazing. And we, it was funny because Ruthie had, te- she emailed me right the day after we had watched Over the Moon mm-hmm. on Netflix, <laughs> y'all. Over the Moon, I don't know if y'all, I mean... I, you have to watch it. It is, uh, it's a cartoon. It's animated film. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, Ruthie Ann. We've got Philippa Sue. Um, all kinds Kathy of fantastic. Place Fei Fei. Yeah. Yes. She and then like, um, Kamiko is in it too, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I think Kamiko. And um, a cast of Asian Americans and um, in from our community. Mm-hmm. But it is a beautiful, beautiful movie. And I said to her, we've, uh, Elliot's obsessed. We've already watched it like twice. And you said something to me. You said, it's been 
first off, I want I would love to hear what it's like to be hired to portray a character that is so closely who you are um, as an Asian woman mm-hmm. um, and of your descent. But also you said something about how it really opened up the conversation with your nieces and nephews with regard to death and grief. Yeah. Um, spoiler alert, you guys. The mother passes away mm-hmm. in the very beginning, like so many of the animated films. I don't. I need us to move on from that because, you know, Disney and everybody that's like, there goes the mom. Um, However, (laughs) it's a really, it's a really beautiful film. And um, I would love to hear about that. Yeah. Uh, So what was so sweet about Over the Moon was, and I, it really caught me off guard. I didn't realize until my mom friends and my, my sisters-in-law started texting me about the door that it opened for them to be able to talk about death and grief and the different ways that that manifests in different in different people and different parts of their lives uh, with their children. So being able to talk about death and grief with their children um, and in very simple, like, you know, not ab- abstract terms, they were able to say, you see, Feifei lost her mother and here she's angry and here she's jealous and here she's, you know, sad. And here, and, and, and when the bird flies over, they're like, see, that could be like, she's thinking of her mother. So it was just a, like a simple way to talk about death and grief and the way that that comes out with their children, not to mention, of course, talking about space and space travel and aliens (laughs) because Gobi is apparently everybody's favorite. And I was like, I mean, not Feifei's mama, not your favorite. <laughs> Anybody want to sing about mooncakes? <laughs> I love that song. I mean, talking about the mooncakes, it's like I and there's magic in these mooncakes. That's her. That's the song that they talk about, and it's mm-hmm. such a beautiful moment in the beginning of the film. Her and the being Feifei back. Yes, over the, and over. The, mm-hmm. Yeah, and Feifei, you know, when they say it's time, you're old enough. It's time to help us make the mooncakes, mm-hmm. and they have that moment together, and we so. We wanted to make the moon. We wanted to find the mooncakes. So when we were watching this in La Jolla, we started Googling and yelping, like, where can we get mooncakes? Where can we get mooncakes? We found a Chinese bakery. We went. Yes. (laughs) We went to the bakery. We walked in the door and we said, do you guys, do you all have any mooncakes? And the man goes over the moon. (laughs) and i said yes and he's like not right now it's not the time he's like they missed it it was september like Mm -hmm. and so the movie didn't come out till like october or november they literally just missed it yeah it was like just after the uh oh i wonder you know it was pandemic the reason was pandemic obviously but Oh, it could have been timed better around the uh, the festival, the autumn festival. Yes, because he said, we just had our festival and you have to wait. And he said, but you yeah. are, he said, people are coming in all the time asking that about Mooncakes. That is so awesome. <laughs> well, I promised my nieces and nephew, particularly my niece, she, every period, uh, periodically I get a video from her and she's, she's singing Mooncakes and she's like pounding dough and, you know, she's making sugar cookies, but, but I promised them that I'm going to make Mooncakes with them. That's so awesome. That's I amazing. Thought, oh. Yeah. It's a beautiful. Was, go ahead, Kara. No, we we have to watch this movie in my family. I mean, I feel like Finn will be all about it. We it's got to be on our list. But I'm wondering when did you record the the voices for it? Like, where were you in your yeah. process playing that role? Well, I was pregnant with Hope. I was just about halfway through the pregnancy. Um, let me let me back up. <clears throat> so, oh no, I'll go forward then back. I have to picture my mind. Um, so it was about January. Was it December or January? Um, like right in the middle of the pregnancy. So I was barely showing, you know, but definitely feeling all of my mama feels coming back and uh, my, my, you know, protective mama feels. And uh, they worked through the pandemic. Like after, after everything shut down, they worked from home to finish to finish uh, drawing and, and matching everything, editing, it was all done um, isolated, oh, and which wow. also, you know, w- w- which is why things were pushed back. Right. Yeah. Right. One thing that happened early in my pregnancy, which is why I was so emotional, I had a really difficult time uh, singing the part because it was um, Glenn Keane, the director, this amazing animator who, you know, of course has this 
this long resume of, you know, just so-so works. Just, you know, he's mediocre. <laughs> he's just, yeah. No, I mean, he is. Hopefully he'll do some good things. Yeah, <laughs> I, wish him, I wish him well. Good luck. Good luck to Great. him. Um, he was He was trying to get me to emotionally line up with what mama was going through. And I can very easily go through what that, but I didn't want to put Ruthie in those shoes because it would be too hard. And so <clears throat> there's this one line. Um, one line that mama repeats before she collapses um, for the first time on screen um, where she catches herself. She doesn't, she doesn't faint, but she catches herself. And I wanted, I wanted to feel that. And so I repeated one line, like a chant over and over. And that's the, that's the take that they, they captured, which is just like the exhausted, the exhausted mama who's, Mm -hmm. you know, so, you know, you start it, you do the first 10 takes and you sound energized, like faking, tired. Right. And then, mm-hmm. you know, 20 later, you, it's, you know, it's more real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. That's um, awesome that he was so supportive in you yeah. getting to that point in your process, right? Because I feel like yeah. so many times we're just expected to get it on the first couple takes, right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. this is the product we got to deliver. Right. Um, and so, so smart of you to find a way to connect to it that wasn't putting you in that yeah. position and you know making you that vulnerable but being true to the character that's yeah. incredible Ruthie yeah really yeah. great teams i've been very very blessed around very very special teams <clears throat> well for sure i mean i like you said earlier how they called and they said you got to get out of brooklyn you got to go you yeah. know after yeah. what happened and and for you to go away and you know Kara and i talked about it at that time i said i'm so glad that she is able to change her physical space yeah to 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 move forward from that time um because you are uh, a warrior and we are in awe of of you and and where you've gone in your life and um we talk about you a lot and send you love lots actually so um we just that thank you yeah 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 um what was it like right now we want to talk about the AAPI hate that has Mm. started Mm. um, with the reckoning that's happening. Um, Before we get to that part of the conversation, there has been also this reckoning within our community with regard to, and it's been slowly building um, over time with having people of specific ethnicities play the roles to represent, to have actual representation and not have, you know, white women playing Ava Perone or, have, you know, very specifically Uh uh choosing. Um, And so with Over the Moon, I feel like, you know, I know that there were other films, there were other films that were either um, showing Asian Americans or um, Asian backgrounds or like, you know, uh, the Princess and the Frog, you know, with Uh um, African American and Black backgrounds, like where they would have people who were not of that ethnic group. voice the characters Uh but i i looked up this cast and the entire cast was asian yeah and what was that did you register that in the moment or was it after the fact when you saw everyone and did it how was that for you when they asked me to uh sing the part of mama they only told me about two or three other actors who were already on board for the project and one of them was sandra oh and I am a huge Sandra O fan. And so I was like, I don't care what it is. I didn't even, I didn't even look that it was Glenn Keane, honestly. <laughs> I was like, Sandra O, yes. <laughs> um, and then after I said it, then I'm reading through the thing and I was like, oh, 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 this is a, this is a big project. I'm glad I said yes, you know, yes to this. Um, and we got on our first Zoom call. Oh, you know, and then when I was in the studio, they said, oh, yeah, we just finished with Conrad, Conrad Ricamora. Um, and he and I have done, you know, Here Lies Love and King and I, and we're really good friends personally. So I, and he and I hadn't talked about it because it really was just so fast and furious. And they got everybody involved really quickly. And uh, and it wasn't until the Zoom call when we did a Zoom red carpet that I saw page after page after page of Asian faces. And I it was so emotional because they were they were so respectful and 
they they truly wanted to represent this story with people who had a dog in the fight, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it was it was personal. Everybody present knows about the autumn festival. Everybody's present knows about what mooncakes are. They 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 know about um you know just the, like the like the, the 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 kind of family eating that happens around a table like that, like a big a big table and we all share on the inside, you know, family style eating. Um so you don't have to already we come to the table with a shorthand. Already we come to the table with um similar experiences where we can ping pong <laughs> ping pong where we can ping pong <laughs> off of each other and and uh you know dialogue is very easy um yeah that was very 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 special a little emotional but very special absolutely i mean the whole project just seems like it was just kind of a kismet in a lot of ways yeah um prior to that in the theater industry mm. um and we're going to get to obviously the that's where it gets a little touchier yeah. I mean, did you, have you experienced, I mean, I can't believe I'm, I'm not saying have you, but can you speak to an experience of racism in our industry and how you have experienced that as an Asian woman? Um, um, I don't think that I have experienced racism personally in this industry, but I have seen it happen to people very close to me, sometimes within the same, uh, company within the same cast. Um, so in, in that way, I, I don't, I wouldn't say lucky. I, I, I do want to say though, that in the King and I Lincoln center really did their damnedest to make it as, as good as the time and money would allow. I do, I do want to say that for them. And I was really impressed, not in the moment, but in hindsight, because as an actor, we don't we don't often think of things from a producer's point of view, and like what's possible from a producer's point of view. If it, like they had fifty Asian people on stage and backstage, that's that's unheard of. You know, there were there were no white people except white people playing white people. We had one right. Louis standby, who was uh, half Chinese half Caucasian, um, yeah, half Chinese, half Caucasian. Um, and of course, Louie was Caucasian, Kelly and her standby were both Caucasian. And we had a second standby for Kelly who was half and half also. Mm-hmm. Um, and so everybody was covered, um, but there was nobody drawing lines on their faces. There was nobody, um, there was, I will say there was one day we had uh, somebody from dialect come in and say, well, let's just make this easy for everybody on that big boat scene in the beginning where it's like the docks and everybody's like, it's kind of like cacophony of, of languages. Um, I know the intention of the, of the dialect coach. She was saying, um, let's just make this easy for everybody. Just pick the, pick the native tongue that you know, and just speak it. Because in Siam at that time, it was a, uh, it was a, it was a, a port of many, many nations and people were just yelling at each other in Korean and Japanese and Swahili, you know, they were, they were in nobody, not everybody knew Thai. And so I knew where she was coming from. She was coming from a, let's make this easy on you place. But as Asian Americans, some people took offense because are you telling us that we all sound the same? Are you trying to just erase um, erase the Siamese culture. And then it became, no, no, we want the challenge. We want to display these people respectfully. So teach us Siamese, teach us Thai. And so then we, then Lincoln Center said, you know, you're absolutely right. If you want that challenge, we will absolutely rise to it. Then they hired somebody to come in, translate a lot of the lines, give us things to say, um, including myself, Lady Tiang. So we, we took some of the, of, uh, the, of the script, the, the, of, yeah, we took the script and we translated into Thai and Lady Tiang spoke Thai back to the women. Um, so I can see how, um, oh, and then, so one thing I said to, to, to Bart, I said, we would never walk into the room, like kind of shuffling around like that. We would be on our hands and knees, kind of like, 
Annalia Owen sings, crawling around in your hands, eating the dust in the road like toads. Um, we would actually be on our on our knees because that's the respectful thing to do. Uh, you you never show the bottoms of your feet towards the respect. You you go backwards. And he said, Ruthie, I really appreciate that, and we can do the most with that by kind of like lowering our bodies and moving slow. But it will take us forty five minutes to get across this hundred and twenty foot stage. So. <laughs> That's not possible. So what do you recommend? And so we, you know, we, we brought our concerns and they addressed it as best they could, you know? So uh, shows like Lincoln's, shows like The King and I can be very problematic, especially when we have a very uh, Caucasian team. However, this particular team was very respectful and they, they came to the table wanting to make it right wanting to make it right. Yeah. 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 I haven't done any of the, uh, Hollaback, uh, training courses, but I'm really interested in doing those because I need, I need words told to me, like I'm the person who, you know, who goes back to their rule book and figures like, what are the words I'm supposed to say when this happens to me? So, you know, I was, um, I was accosted at the post office a few weeks ago and this man just, he, he threw every terrible word that he could and phrase that he could at me. And I, I didn't, I didn't have an arsenal of things to say. I just, he caught me completely off guard. And I, I was like, asshole. Uh, can I say that on this, on this? Uh, yeah, yes. But I, I, I was like, what, what, what are the words that I, what? So th- this is what I said to him. Your family must be proud of you. That was my comeback. That was my comeback to him. I showed him, but I, I, I didn't know how to respond. And, and so, you know, when I told my mom about it, I was like, mom, I think I need to practice swearing. And she was like, what do you mean? I was like, because this thing just happened and I, I didn't have anything to say at him. Um, and I was, I was just so like, I felt sideswiped by it. And, and uh, yeah. And she's like, practice swearing, practice building your arsenal of, 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 of mean things to people. And that's not what I want to do. That, that shouldn't have to be anybody's, you know, training, no. life training. No. No, you mentioned the hollaback training. I actually, I saw that um, yesterday on Pearl's Instagram, I think, and mm. and signed yeah. up, went to the website and and signed up for like their newsletter and to figure out the classes because I'm very similar. I hate conflict. I hate confrontation. And, but I get so mad. And I would have said something like that too, about your family must be proud of you because I'm from the South and I don't, you know, I can <laughs> swear like a sailor, but in those moments I'm like, well, aren't you proud of yourself? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like and, that's going to shame them. They don't care. I, no, they don't. I tried. No, I tried to get my care. camera going so that to like, mm. you know, to, to catch them on, on camera. Cause that I knew I should have done, but I was so, I was shaking. I was fumbling. I, I just pointed my blank camera at him yeah. as he drove yeah. away. Well, I mean, and even the story, I, I, I would doubt that any of our listeners are deniers of the Asian hate that's happening in our country right now Mm -hmm. but there are a lot of people who don't think it's a thing and it's a thing like it is so very much a thing visibly happening has been a thing it's only it's it's coming out more is the thing my mom so in that same conversation with my mom I came home so agitated and and I was you know after the fact I had 25 things that I would have said to that guy but um she said oh this happened to me when I was when I was this, when you and I were walking down the street, this happened to me. I remember this thing happening to me. My mom had, she had story after story of things that had happened to her. And, you know, it's, that's when she was 25. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, you know, we, what I've heard and what I've read in, in learning about the rise in the hate crimes, which we all, you know, we, we know why we're here to a certain degree is that the, the dregs and the awful people were given license to speak out. And I I um, really believe that. Mm -hmm. And the hate has been allowed to come to the surface Mm -hmm. and not that there wasn't any, and not that we should not be addressing it, Mm but like, we don't want to, 
push it down and pretend mm-hmm. like it's not there because it's been there. Mm-hmm. But it's always it's, been there. It's always been there, but it's being allowed to manifest and and be and be it's it's being allowed to come out. And I was, you know, they were saying how in the articles they were talking about how so few that these are just the cases that are reported mm-hmm. of hate crimes against the Asian community specifically. Only the ones that, reported. Yes, exactly. And that they, um, they imagine that they are, you know, multiple times the amount of crimes happening because as a culture for so long, particularly, I think, like you were saying, your mom had this happening to her, but she, I'm sure she didn't probably she never reported tell it. anyone no. no exactly because i think culturally the particularly asian women they're you know it's not something they don't make a lot of noise and they terms don't want to make of, a fuss about it exactly exactly yeah. exactly um and it's just heartbreaking and um to especially being in new york city you know i think that that's the thing being in these big cities in new york and in la we like to imagine that we live you know people always tell us we live in a liberal bubble you yeah. know well we live here and it's happening yeah. and it's not happening in podunk texas you I know i'm terrified of going back to new york because the subway uh, is how we get around we don't have a car yeah. and <laughs> yeah, I just I just don't know what that's going to be like if, if I'm not with my husband. Right. I don't want right. to ever have the stroller with us. No. I never want to have my mom on the subway again. How are we going to travel to each other? How are we going to get out and see the world? Yeah. It's just it's awful that you have to live in a space of that kind of fear just for existing, like literally just for being. Um, and I, I'm, I'm sorry that that is your reality. I can't really imagine it. Well, I think what, what does need to happen is someone from that party, from, from the Republican party, somebody, somebody with a loud voice needs to come out and just denounce it. There needs to be an ally, a loud voiced ally. I know there are allies, but a loud voiced ally needs to come out and make that big needs to scream it at the top of their lungs on social media, on TV, on Fox News, on OE, whatever that one is. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. But like the um, the other day, was that Huckabee? Oh, oh yes. That, it's that those kind of comments. Those kind of comments <sighs> that just, you want to put fire to a flame? You want to you wanna just make it worse? Good job. Yeah. You're, you're doing it. And they do. I mean, and the thing is, I know the, I know those men, you know, I grew up in the South. I know exactly who he is when he's tweeting that out and what he's doing and the sarcasm and the wanting to play it off. Like, Oh, it, you know, it, and that is all he is doing is fanning the flame. Yeah. It's not a joke. Mm -hmm. It's not a joke. And I, I'm sorry. I, you know, I follow you on Instagram and I noticed that you posted about, um, the naturalization act, Mm. that you know in in the learning that's happening you know we started with the the horrific murder of george floyd then we started our our learning of the bipoc community particularly the black community and Mm -hmm. reading um white fragility and doing the work and sitting and listening and now our eyes are being open to what has been going on for so long Mm -hmm. i didn't know about the naturalization act i knew about the internment camps Mm -hmm. um and that to me is, I don't even, I can't wrap my brain around it. The know. Naturalization Act was put into place less than 15 years after we became a country. After we became a country of immigrants, they said, no, anybody who's not white will not have rights. And I, that I, is, it just blows my mind. It's so yeah. elite. And so, it's, it's the most so hypocritical, yeah. you know? escaping persecution to just inflict it on others mm-hmm, essentially mm-hmm. yeah yeah no and i was I think talking that's about the it part with, that okay well with my therapist i was just saying um i i, I want to stop using the words um uh white supremacy i want to use the word hierarchy because i think supremacy is is tied with um with the kkk and it's tied it's a very with specific imperialism right yeah. It's a very specific image that comes to mind. And I think what people are trying to say is there's a hierarchy system 
that has been born from imperialism and, and the, the people that have been, we can't recover. We can't recover. And everybody's vying for second place. Everybody's vying for third place. And so there's, there is, you know, this color on that color hate crimes. And then, you know, and then the, the, the top just watch, they just watch from, from above. Well, I think we have to we stop in watching, you know, those of yeah. us. I, and I do I do believe I mean, when we were actually emailing, I just was looking at our emails this morning, Ruthie. And the last email we had was on November 6th. And you said mm-hmm. he's going to win today. It's going to be he's going to win. He's yeah. going to win. And he did yeah. win. And I and I do believe yeah. that there are more of us. There are. And we're going to have to scream really loudly and we, and it's, and it's tiring. It's exhausting. And I'm not even a person I can imagine being black, being Asian, being um, indigenous, a person of color or um, LGBTQ plus like someone who is in a minority group that is being attacked. How exhausted Um, it must be to just live in this world. And Cause I know I'm tired and, and I'm not the person who's actually having to fight for my rights, you know, except as a woman with regard to my uterus and things of that nature. But, you know, I mean, that's, you know, female women, feminine, feminine rights. But, um, I just, I do believe there are more of us and it's a turning point and it is a breaking point. And I think the election of Joe Biden shows that even on the right, even on the Republican side, there are people who are not okay with it. Mm -hmm. And as you said, we need them all to start speaking out, just like all former presidents, except Trump got their vaccination on film, just like George W. Bush showed himself getting Mm -hmm. the vaccination. Mm -hmm. Um, We we need them to step up and speak out and help to quell what's been happening for sure. We're going to take a quick break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Can I, can I shift a little bit? Because not too much, because it does still have to do um, with, with just living in this country as a person of Asian descent, but also raising hope because your husband mm-hmm. is not Asian. Mm-hmm. Correct. Correct. Um, he's a white dude. Blonde and blue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Born and raised um, in the South. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. Really? I didn't know that part. Carolina. That's all. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, so how has that been with his, with his family? Have you, I mean, have y'all gone back there? Not clearly during the pandemic, but you've spent time there, I'm sure at other moments or just being a mixed couple. You know, I, I've read, you know, more and more mm-hmm. in 10 years, there will, the amount of people who are just white, like children will no longer be the majority, right? There wow. are so many. Yeah. Yeah. No, no longer will white kids be the majority because so many people are mixed couples and they are creating these mixed, beautiful babies. Oh, and yeah. Right. And it's, it's amazing. I mean, that that's will be the, the future majority. right there. That's exactly. like, that's going to be the change. Cause then there aren't going to, the majority is not going to be in power anymore. Humans marrying humans are the, are the, I know are the future. Oh, imagine. What a, what oh, a novel amazing. concept. <laughs> Um, but did you guys ever, I mean, was that ever something that was a discussion? We've had other guests on, you know, who, and they, and very, I've found that stories are all different. Yeah. It was not, it was not a discussion when we were married, when we, you know what, 
I think the first time I met his extended family, I was already pregnant with Abigail. And so the they, yeah, my first time, so we're driving through Carolinas into West Virginia. And I looked over at him and I said, I'm Asian. And he said, yeah. I said, is this going to be a problem? That was, that was as far as the conversation got. He said, I don't think so. And that was it. <laughs> And, and I got there, I looked around, there is not a single person who looks different than them, but they were so embracing and so loving and just, you know, so it was not a problem. Um, and it was about two, three weeks ago, right at the, at the, the, the not peak, because it hasn't peaked, but right as the AAPI hate has been climbing and it got to a point where, um, I was so terrified for my mom walking around. I, I We've all got mace now and I'm teaching her how to use it. And that was incredibly emotional for me, teaching my mom how to use mace in case somebody, you know, as if she would have the, the, the wherewithal to flip open the cap and push the thing, you know, to, to, yeah. to do all that. Um, and I looked over at my husband and I said, we're a mixed race family. He said, yeah. I said, and I don't feel safe when I'm not with you. And so he just, he just held me and we, we kind of sat in that for a while. And, and it's, it's true. Luckily I drive around a lot in LA, but, but outside of my car, I don't feel safe. And I do have my finger on the trigger, just in, the, the, the mace uh, trigger, just, just in case um, I hear somebody walking behind me and we've got the mask on, we've got I wear a shield also. It muffles all your sounds. So my, my, my senses and my, my paranoia, you know, is my senses are muted and my paranoia is raised. Yeah. That's so interesting. You said that about like the added, the mask and everything and how kind of uh, unable we are to kind of get, gauge our surroundings. So that adds yeah. just another level to the fear factor for you. Mm-hmm. Oh. I used to love in New York wearing my earbuds around. Because it, you know, all the cat, you know, all the cat calling to this beautiful lady. <laughs> no, just people, people are always, you know, shouting things as you walk by. And so I, I block it out as much as I can, but I don't think I can ever do that again. I don't mm-hmm. think I can remove one of my senses. No, no, no. And that's, no. that's awful. It's just, um, it's a, it's something that I think that this time this year, the pandemic has given us all such a wake up call for better or worse in regard to having the time and the space to acknowledge the things that are happening and work to change them. Because if we were still toiling away, doing our eight shows a week, we would hear these stories and it would be awful, but we would sort of just keep going probably. Right. right? Like I think, and this way, exactly, exactly. And this way, starting with George Floyd and black lives matter, it's like, we, have no reason not to be aware. We have no right. reason not to be aware because, I mean, we are doing our a lot bandwidth, of other things. But Right. Our bandwidth is not taken up by work and life. You know, yeah. it, it, it's taken up differently, of course. Yeah. And if you aren't aware, you are actively ignoring, yes. you know, as, as before it was kind of like a passive situation, you know, everybody was hustling and bustling. But if you aren't paying attention, you are actively making that decision not to make, pay mm-hmm. attention. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know, absolutely. And going back to your family question, um, as the rise and all these crimes are being brought to the news, so many of my of his of his family members, my family, my sisters in law, they they all reach out to me and, and check in with me and make sure we're okay. My mom and I both, and you know, so there we are a mixed race family, but a lot of times I don't clock that. Because they really have just embraces as, 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 as one. As it should be. As yeah. it should be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. As it should be. Right. And I know that's not the case for a lot of people, which is very sad. So, yeah. I mean, I think that's the mindset it should be for the world at large. Like we're all, we're all one. We're all human. There's no us and them. It's and we. we all came from somewhere and else. Exactly. It's not. Exactly. Yeah, we are we. We are we, exactly. Um, we yeah. always ask our guests an engagement question of sorts to just sort of to lead into the conversation of, and engage with our followers um, in the days leading up to the episode. Yeah. And we um, 
for for your engagement question, we were struggling with what to ask about. And I think that what this whole conversation sort of revolves around is grace and grief and hope. And so I would just, if there's a way to maybe just ask how you, you touched on this earlier, but how you move forward through or how you live with the, the grief and the grace and how, if you'd be willing to speak to how you put one foot in front of the other. Let me brainstorm with you out loud. Um, It's a, giving myself, giving myself the space to question and giving myself the, can you say that last part again? There was something that. Yes. I just said, um, how you move forward through the grief with grace and are able to put one foot in front of the other after Mm -hmm. all that has happened and you've been through Mm -hmm. and you've, and in this new phase of life now. So how you got through giving my, giving my grief validation and, um, moving through life one step at a time with grace and forgiveness of self and reminding myself of strength and always looking for hope, which is kind of how, yeah, the, the only way for me to live right now is looking, looking at hope, looking for hope. Hope literally and hope figuratively. And you're incredible. You're amazing. All of us in the community at large, and, and I think even beyond the community, I know, you know, some of my friends who are not in theater know about your story and are just so uh, incredibly moved and in, inspired is a horrible word to use, but just can't get over how you have managed your grief and how you have continued to bring such light to the world. You know, when your light was taken away, you continue to shine upon everybody else. And what a gift you're able to give to everybody through your own pain. So thank you for that. Well, thank you for saying that. It, it, um, you know, even going to London and being surrounded by people who knew the story, because it was really very fresh and the like Bart, you know, he was like, you have to, you have to come here, not to do the show, but you just have to be here. I'll bring you on a wheelchair if you have to. And I worked really hard to get out of my wheelchair and then onto a cane. And, and I did do the show with the cane and I did part weeks because I, I had only the energy to walk around stage for, for uh, one show a day. And then the rest of the time I was in a wheelchair. But uh, but sometimes I would just look at Kelly and she knew exactly what I was thinking and I would just start weeping. And sometimes she finished Lady Tiang's words on stage in a in a form of a question because she's brilliant like that. And, um, you know, she knew exactly the, the more hyper I get. It's because it's I'm very, very sad. And she she knew how to read me very well. And, um, <clears throat> you know, I I didn't remember most of that year, except I remembered every word of the King and I. And so, you know, a lot of it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like strength to me. It feels like survival. It doesn't feel like bravery. It feels like survival. Um, and it doesn't feel inspiring to me. It feels like survival. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I'm very good. I always have been very good at compartmentalizing. And the people who know me best that know that the busier I get, it's because I'm about to have a utter meltdown. Mm-hmm. The more loud and crazy and happy I get, it's because I'm trying to distract myself from feeling things. And so, you know, Lindsay Mendez is here and she has been my angel. She has been my, she and her husband, both Philip have been both me, me and my husband's angels uh, out here in LA. You know, we don't have a, a big Broadway community out here or, or we're here, but we just can't see each other. Right. And Lindsay luckily <laughs> works on the show with me here. Um, and I know that it would be different if we were in New York and a lot of my New York friends still, you know, keep in touch with me on text. But 
but uh, yeah, the people hands on with the boots on the ground, that's Lindsay. And she knows, she knows my personality very well. So I appreciate your saying um, those very nice things. Um, but just uh, to, just to, to birth, to, uh, to tell you the secret is it's all fake. Well, <laughs> no, I think when you say survival, I think that is, yeah. that, that is, that's all you have to say. It is what, that's how it is. How you get through is because you have to, because there's hope, Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Too. Yeah. yeah. And now I, yeah. and now I choose to smile because hope has to see it. Hope has mm-hmm. to see mommy choosing survival. Hope has to see mommy is choosing to live. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Ruthie, thank you thank so you. much. <laughs> thank Truly. you guys. Thank, thank you. you. We I've have- never... Thank you for giving me the, the the kind of the openness and the free space to uh, talk about Abigail and Sophia. I've never done that in an interview before. Well, yeah. thank you. I felt very safe here. Oh, we're so glad. Thank you. We, yeah. Or hope. I've never are, done hope and... in an interview before. <laughs> <laughs> but this is what the mamas tends to do this on the mamas. So, yeah. yeah. Um, thank yeah. you for being there. I feel that. You guys are such open hearts. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Mama's Talkin' Loud. Special shout-outs to Rachel Spencer-Hewitt for our fabulous graphic, Kristen Anderson-Lopez, Bobby Lopez, and Justin Ward-Weber for our awesome theme song, our producers Dory Berenstein, Alan Seals, and of course, the Broadway Podcast Network for bringing us to you. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.